It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. woo Indeed, it is hump day. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I work with. That is producer Luke, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Luke. Happy Wednesday to you, Kim. Can you believe it is the 21st of December? Yeah, we're, we're almost we're halfway through this week. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is right around the corner. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. And you will be doing your shopping on uh, Friday or Saturday? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Eve, midnight. I'm going no, to be in there. <laughs> oh, I can't believe how fast this year has gone. We've got 2023 on the horizon. And uh, we're in tumultuous times for sure, Luke. But I am feeling very encouraged about 2023. I think it's going to be it's going to be tumultuous, but I'm encouraged about it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay. I like it. I, I I need to be hopeful because you know if you're not hopeful, then what do you got? You know, I I was talking with somebody the other day. We'd had Lawrence Reed on with, with the um, he's the I think the pres- chairman emeritus. Or excuse me, emeritus. Got to get the word right. Uh, emeritus, a uh, chairman emeritus. Uh, you know how you can see a word in your mind, and then anyway. So uh, with the Foundation for Economic Education, and we're talking about what's going on, and certainly there's a lot of concerns. And I said, "How do you get through this?" He says, "I choose to be a happy warrior." It's like, oh, okay. I, I think I will do that too. He also, he's a very positive person. He, I remember him telling this story that he was involved in a rollover. I don't know what happened exactly, but he was the car was rolling, and he's thinking to himself, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a new car out of this." <laughs> there's a there's a quote that I really like, and I forget where it comes from, uh, but it was something to the effect of, "You know, everything will be okay in the end, and if it isn't okay, it isn't the end." Oh. oh, I like that, too. Okay. Well, we're having several quotes of the day here, and we haven't even gotten to it. So good job on that. Hey, check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, they shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it is never compassionate. They like to hide this stuff. They like to hide this open border behind compassion. There's nothing compassionate about this. It hurts illegal immigrants. It hurts legal immigrants. It hurts children. And it hurts Americans. There's nothing compassionate about this whatsoever. And it is over, overrunning our country. And uh, so it's never compassionate, though, to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And the force could be a weapon policy, 
unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, or 87,000 IRS agents that will be sent out to swarm upon the masses to wreak out every possible dime that they possibly can. I guess I really am giving my definition of what I think is going to happen there, Luke. So uh, let's get to our quote for today. And we're going to have Helen Raleigh on in the third and fourth segment of this first hour. And she immigrated from China. And she is truly, she became an American citizen and a fervent lover of this American idea. And she's written a number of books. Uh, She's a great speaker. And she writes for The Federalist. And she had a very interesting piece regarding uh, Xi that, in fact, it may be the young people that will be his undoing uh, over in China. So I thought, I'll go to Confucius for our quote. And Confucius was a Chinese philosopher and politician of the spring and autumn period who is traditionally considered the paragon of Chinese sages. His teachings and philosophy underpin East Asian culture and society, remaining influential across China and East Asia to this day. He was born in 551 B.C. He died in 479 B.C. And he says this. He said, a man is great not because he hasn't failed. A man is great because failure hasn't stopped him. And, Lucas, I'm I'm looking at this, your generation. uh, One of the things that I'm concerned about is that we have not... Uh, and maybe not your gen, but millennials to you and, and younger, that we have not let kids fail, and therefore it, we need more resiliency. Uh, and I'm concerned about, and well, I guess my generation as well, resiliency is so important, but in this woke culture, we're not teaching that. When you teach people that they're victims, then it handcuffs them to becoming resilient and overcoming those obstacles. So again, this is what Confucius said. A man is great not because he hasn't failed. A man is great because failure hasn't stopped him. And I just, I'm just i just thinking this through. Gosh, when you handcuff kids being that they're victims, uh, then they can't overcome this. I, I, this is like this aha for me. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. I think there was a big overcorrection that was made between a lot of the people who raised my generation often come uh, from particularly, you know, strict households. You know, they they come from a generation who is really hard on them. uh, So they overcorrected. Uh, And, you know, uh, it's that big cycle that had been talked about, you know, the world moves in Mm -hmm. circles and stuff like that about, you know, strong men creating good times and good times creating weak men and so on and so forth. I feel like that's a lot of what we're seeing today. Uh, Yes. And so history does repeat itself. So that's why we have to learn from history so that we don't repeat that particular history. I wanted to go over to this is from uh, CPR, Colorado Public Radio. Says parents and teachers want the Cherry Creek School District to live stream its board meetings for the convenience and the protection. Says Maureen Welch has two children in Cherry Creek schools. As a former teacher, she likes to know what's going on. I guess I'm kind of a meeting nerd. I like to go to a lot of meetings, she laughed. Rain or shine, she goes in person to the monthly school board meetings. Bless her. <laughs> uh, I'm always, um, let's see, I'm always interested in learning more about policy, curriculum, and budgets. And not just the formal board meetings. She likes the study sessions. That's where board members hash out policy. And it says that Jenny uh, Brunden, who wrote this, she says, confession, I do too. And this is, 
I think in some ways this is by design. Uh, when I was on city council, just think about this. The, the study sessions were, let me, I've got to think about this. Typically they were 5.30 to 6.30, or they might be earlier, depending on all what was going on. Then, no, 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 it was, it was a little bit earlier. So it was mid-afternoon to, I think, about 6 o'clock. Then we broke for dinner, and then we had the meeting at 7.00. Busy person. Think about it. Have to take time off from work, find babysitters for kids. You go to the study session, which is where a lot of that stuff is hashed out. And then you want to go to the, the meeting. Then you have to wait. It it's, makes it very inconvenient for people. But I will carry on here. She said, I'm always the only person from the public there, which is kind of interesting. I show up and I learn. Cherry Creek District holds its meetings at a different school every month. One Monday night, Welch realized she didn't want to drive all the way across town to get to that particular meeting. She also has to find a sitter for one of her sons, who has a severe disability. So she decided to watch it online. And then I was like, wait, they don't have it online. That's crazy. And so she did some research, and she discovered that Cherry Creek is the only major school district in Colorado that doesn't live stream its school board meetings. Even many rural uh, districts do. And further, it didn't post the audio on the district website, so people couldn't attend uh, and listen or watch. And most school districts post that video immediately after the meeting. So there, she's... uh, she contacted the Cherokee board members. There was no answer. And uh, so she wants to, to go to work to get these meetings um, online and live streamed, which transparency is very important. But, Luke, this, is, this I think, has been an agenda that has been moving through school boards, local government. And uh, because when I was on city council, our meetings were not recorded the minutes were only action minutes, meaning a council member voted this way, the others voted this way. I, I, I said to the city manager, I said, I can make the most eloquent reason why I have decided to cast this particular vote. And nobody knows. And he says, well, Kim, I would know. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait a minute. And so on two different occasions... And I, I wasn't smart enough. I need to go back and, and see this as, uh, I, to re- review the minutes. I normally would go through the minutes, but I didn't realize how important this was. On two different occasions, I made motions that our uh, meetings would be recorded and archived. And both times, uh, those motions failed because there was no second so talk about transparency. So good for Maureen Welch for recognizing this, because uh, I think that many of these governmental agencies have realized that they can make it so complicated. And it's even going down to the state house. They can make it so complicated for everyday people to show up. And if a lot of people show up for a meeting, sometimes they'll table the question for another time, which means that the average citizen has to go through the whole thing again to watch government. So we're waking up to this, I think, on this, Luke, and I think it's pretty important. I agree. I agree. I think, like we had said sort of before, you got to start using some of their own stuff against them. you got to hit them at their level. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. If you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to hide. Exactly. And if you are pushing back, then we probably need to watch a little closer. But the problem is, is we have all these different government entities. So I guess we all need to just pick one. 
pick one, and that's going to be the one that we're going to watch. And I and while we're talking about Cherry Creek School District, I want to give a shout out to the Cherry. Uh, let's see the. Um, Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network. Uh, and uh, they are doing such great work over there. Uh, Lori Gimmelstein, Jen Gibbons, and uh, they have realized that that uh, they really need to hold this school board accountable. Cherry Creek used to be the school district that people would would really try they try to buy a house there so that their kids would go to Cherry Creek schools. Now, I think next year Cherry Creek is going to get rid of the valedictorian because uh, they said that it makes other, I guess because it makes kids that aren't the valedictorian feel bad. It's this this race towards mediocrity uh, is uh, so antithetical to the American idea, and uh, so we that's why we do the show is because this American idea has lifted more people out of poverty. It's lifted more people out to uh, be able to create wealth for themselves and their families and that's why we do this show is to help you get your brain around these issues so that you can converse with your friends and your family and your colleagues about all these very important issues that are out there and uh, I get to work with a lot of really great people. A new sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan um, Mangan State Farm Insurance uh, Agency and Roger's team understands there are unknowns that can keep you up at night and that is why the Roger Mangan uh, Insurance team can help you with your life insurance and health insurance needs to replace lost income. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Insurance is there. This is called service. You hooked me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also save me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up. For State Farm. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Arca. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I am uh, honored to have on the line with me uh, Colonel John Preco. He is a retired United States Air Force. And uh, we just recently did an America's Veterans Stories uh, show with him. I think that broadcast this last Sunday. Fascinating, important story. So be sure and check that out. Uh, But he has something on his heart that he is working on. And that is um, uh, getting uh, the option for people to be able to uh, purchase an In God We Trust Colorado license plate. And uh, we talked with Colonel Preco about that recently. He's trying to get uh, this uh, petition signed. So, uh, Colonel Preco, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, Kim. Great to have you. And uh, I'm over at ipetition.com uh, and, and then put in In God We Trust. And, and, and I'm looking at it right now. You're 41%. Uh, towards your goal, and as we're seeing some of these people that have signed up on it, I recognize a lot of the names are a number of the girls that are part of my Wine and Tapas group. Outstanding. Yeah, we're making a slow, steady progress. Well, and that is good. What is your goal? Uh, what's the date that you want to have this accomplished by to get 3,500 signatures, right? The uh, idea was to have uh, the 3,500 signatures or more on uh, January 9th of next year when the bill is introduced by Mark Baisley in the uh, uh, Colorado Senate. Okay, and actually January 9th is right around the corner. I know people are kind of busy with um, looking at Christmas, but it's pretty easy just to go over and sign up, so I'd really recommend people to do that. Go uh, uh, do a web search for iPetition. Colorado and God We Trust. But Colonel Preco, I have to tell you, and I'm going to do this right now, I have a couple of different search engines. And when I put this in on Google last week, it did not come up. And I thought, oh, that is so interesting. Did you check? Uh, Yeah, that obviously needs to be looked at and fixed. One of our challenges has been to connect with uh, a variety of networks, uh, not only individuals, but organizations churches, friends, family, whoever, because I'm convinced that the way we're going to achieve this is uh, people telling people. But we have uh, struggled with connecting with uh, large organizations, particularly Christian organizations and churches in Colorado. For some strange reason, uh, individuals seem to be very willing to sign the petition and support the effort. But we've been uh, completely unable to find what I will call a courageous church that will take this on. I'm convinced we could get 3,500-plus signatures in a heartbeat if we just connected with some of those kinds of organizations. Uh, and I would think, uh, obviously, that they would be behind at least the concept of In God We Trust. So uh, that's an ongoing uh, struggle. So you're saying that you think that churches uh, might be interested, or it seems to make sense that churches might be interested in getting an In God We Trust license plate, but you're not getting any traction from any churches to do so. Yeah, logically that makes sense. We've had a lot of members of different churches, probably close to 10 now, who have engaged the church, the pastors, etc., and there just uh, seems to be uh, no interest, and some of the reasons we've gotten back are well, we've got too many programs, uh, 
uh, other priorities, uh, uh, busy doing other things. And uh, one of my favorites is, well, if we take this project on, then we have to take every project on that anybody asks for, which I sort of fundamentally disagree with. You can certainly pick and choose ones that have more impact, but I would think in the context of uh, what's going on in the world and the country now, uh, the foundation of uh, In God We Trust and the fact that there are 24 states who have already have a similar license plate, and it's and in my view it's fun- fundamental to who we are, particularly since it was approved by bipartisan efforts in the U.S. Congress to replace uh, e- e pluribus unum. So it, it, it's not a political thing. It's uh, kind of what the country stands for and is the national motto. Uh, I'm going to be a little snarky right now. I was very frustrated through this whole COVID thing regarding the CDC closing down churches and 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 um, churches just capitulating to that. It's antithetical to how our country was founded. Uh, many people uh, are familiar with the black-robed regiment, which it was a number of the pastors that were preaching from the pulpit uh, for the for America for our independence, and so we need bold leadership in our churches. And and when the CDC came down and and said um, close down, you know they did that, and the forced masking and you know all all of that. And so I find it troubling, very troubling that we are not uh, having churches realize that just having this option where people can purchase an In God We Trust license plate, if they so choose, just to have that option, uh, I find it very troubling, particularly as we are coming in on Christmas time, uh, celebrating the birth of our Savior. Well, and and talking to quite a few members of different churches, uh, I've sort of discovered, at least what we've seen... uh, on response, uh, churches and uh, uh, religious organizations, Christian groups, seem to fall into kind of three categories, which uh, uh, I found to be either complacent, complicit, or courageous. Uh, we have found uh, quite a few complacent and complicit churches, but we have yet to find one uh, who, who is courageous. So I really uh, encourage everybody who's listening to Talk to their pastor. Talk to their prayer groups. Talk again. The, the way to do this is networking by any and all means. We just haven't found the right buttons to touch, and we are having um, significant discussions on how to do that better to energize the constituency. Uh, I think this journey is just a really interesting one here in Colorado. Complacency. Is uh, is a problem we've seen, and, and because people have been complacent. And uh, in the first segment, I was talking about though how government these uh, I call them PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties have almost overwhelmed people with all these different meetings. If you're going to watch what's happening at city council, or if you're going to watch the school board, there's so many meetings that makes it difficult for everyday people. To, to watch that, they seem overwhelmed. We have all the news out there that seems to overwhelm people. And so we need to, to drill down, and I think people need to pick one thing over there to, to work on. But but I think we need to, to get out of this complacency situation that we're in. And I think that that people are realizing that, that what we have um, valued and, and this 
lifestyle that we have been blessed with here in Colorado is or here in Colorado and in America has been is under attack and we have to take a stand. Well, and I think this is sort of fundamental to be who we are. I'm biased because I have a strong belief in God and in spiritual issues. But again, I've just been astounded and certainly want to thank you for your significant efforts in trying to get the word out. And if there's somebody out there that has an organization or a group or a prayer group or anything who can help uh, energize their networks, uh, boy, I am open to input and happy to talk to anybody face-to-face, on the phone, Zoom, or whatever, to help promote this and, and achieve our goal of hopefully in excess of 3,500 signatures. Well, it, it is, it's so important. How can people reach you, Colonel Preco? Uh, I, I, you can certainly release uh, my phone number, which is 703-895-1110, or they can contact me directly by email at johnprico at comcast.net. It's all lowercase, J-O-H-N-P-R-I-E-C-K-O at comcast.net. If you've got ideas, you want to help, whatever you can do to help uh, do what we're trying to do and get this passed and get it available uh, earlier in 2024 uh, where people actually have it on their vehicles. Oh, it's so important. And I want to share this story, and you're probably familiar with it from the Black Robed Regiment. But when I first heard this story, I found it just remarkable. And it's regarding Pastor John Mullenberg. Uh, and, and it goes like this. I'm finding this from Freedom, freedomcivics.org. It says, on Sunday morning, Ju- uh, January 21, 1776, Pastor John Mullenberg climbed into his pulpit in Woodstock, Virginia, to preach. In his black clerical robe, the traditional dress of the 18th century preachers, Mullenberg preached from the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. He read how there is a time for all things. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Then his voice began to rise as he said, there's a time of war and a time of of peace. There's a time for all things, a time to preach and a time to pray. But there is also a time to fight. And that time has come. Then he did something his congregation did not expect. He removed his clerical robe, revealing a colonial officer's uniform beneath. Pastor Mullenberg then stepped down from his pulpit and challenged the men of his congregation to join him in the fight for liberty. Just a few days before, he'd been commissioned by General George Washington to raise a regiment from the Woodstock area. As Mullenberg walked down the aisle and out the door of his church, a drum began to roll outside. And one by one, the men of Mullenberg's congregation filed out of the auditorium and volunteered to follow the courageous pastor. We need, mm. we need times like that. And we're in a time like that. And, and you're really leading a charge here. And it's, it's voluntary uh, if people want to purchase this. But it's just remarkable. I, I was, gosh, I was behind uh, one of the signature license plates yesterday. And I'm thinking, that's interesting we have that. I can't remember what it is, but we, we don't have an option for In God We Trust. And I was just thinking about how, how courageous this is of you to make, try to make this happen. Well, and one final comment, just to help say thank you to uh, some people down at the Colorado Territorial Correctional Facility. Uh, uh, Representative uh, Mark Baisley, uh, Kurt Huffman, uh, Linda White, who heads our community uh, conservative club, and myself, went down to visit the manufacturing plant uh, for license plates down in Canyon City. And, boy, talk about a fantastic facility, uh, the quality of their work, the personnel, 
the level of effort uh, was astounding, but we, we went to get a handle on how, how the process works, once you submit a design and how the plates are made. And it was, uh, we were really grateful for a fantastic tour. And is it the prisoners? Are they the ones that make the license plates? Yes, ma'am. It's an incentive program at the, at, at the facility where there's a, a significant amount of criteria they have to pass just to work in this facility. But uh, we, we were impressed because they don't just do license plates. They do uh, pretty much anything you need, whether it's a Colorado State seal or a sticker for your car, a club thing, uh, the, the amazing quality of work and just uh, really, really talented people who know how to put together a quality end product. Oh, I love that. What an amazing story. And I talked to Linda, and she said you, you all were going down there. So that's really terrific. Now, we will have you on again after the first of the year as you're work, working on this. But my friends today, just a little thing you can do is uh, just do a web search for I petition then Colorado and God We Trust. It took me maybe a minute to do that, to sign up for that. And uh, so I'd highly recommend that people do that. And again, you can reach Colonel Preco at uh, J-O-H-N-P-R-I-E-C-K-O at Comcast.net. Colonel Preco, thank you so much. I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. You too, Kim. Thank you. Okay, and uh, we're going to go to break, but before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax, and uh, Paula Sarles and her team is working diligently on that. Paula is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation, a woman Marine, and a Vietnam veteran's Gold Star wife. And Paula is just, uh, her and her team are just working diligently on this, and you can help them by going over to USMC Memorial foundation.org just contribute the uh, price of a um, one of those very expensive pumpkin lattes at your favorite <laughs> a coffee place and uh, that can really help and if all of us give just a little bit they'll get to their goals so again that is USMC memorial foundation.org we'll be right back with Helen Raleigh The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. 
welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And before we get over here to Helen Raleigh, I uh, wanted just to ask you this question. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons-Weiler is creating a new kind of education model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive with experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. So dash over to IPAC-EDU.org for more information and to register. That's IPAC-EDU.org. I am thrilled to have on the line with me Helen Raleigh. Uh, She is an American entrepreneur, writer, and speaker. She's a senior contributor at The Federalist. Her writings appear in other national media, including The Wall Street Journal and Fox News. She's written several books, including Confucius Never Said and Backlash, How Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. You can follow her on Parler and Twitter at H. Raleigh Speaks. Helen Raleigh, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Great to have you. I'm over here at The Federalist looking at uh, all these pieces that you've been writing about. I wanted to talk about how communist China accidentally created a new generation of pro-democracy activists, and that was published on December 5. But uh, I would recommend that people go take a look at this because uh, you are writing about these very important issues and having such great courage in doing so, Helen. Thanks, Kim. I, I appreciate it. I also po- reposted it in my Substack newsletter so people can check it up at both places. Now, no, let me ask you about uh, your your newsletter, because you also have a subscription service, correct, where people can get some other things that you write, or how does that work? Right. So it's hadenraleigh.substack.com. Uh, so it's a subscription newsletter services. They're a free level, but they're also a paid level. It's only $50 a year, so less than $5 a month. You know, you can't even buy a cup of coffee for $5 nowadays. <laughs> uh, I, I do provide, a, you know, in addition to repost uh, articles from uh, publications in other places, like the Wall Street Journal, Federalist, and uh, in other national publications, I also write uh, uh, fresh topics and uh, videos as well as uh, um, other commentaries through the newsletter. It's uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it is a subscription service. Okay, and it, again, where can people go to, to do that? It's helenraleigh.substack.com. Okay, and Raleigh is R-A-L-E-I-G-H. Okay, let's get over here to this piece that you have written recently, how communist China accidentally created a new generation of pro-democracy activists. This is such an interesting piece. Where should we start? Well, we should start from the cause of the uh, protest, because China has seen such a large-scale protest since 1989, pro-democracy Tiananmen Square movement. The protest that we saw we witnessed in early uh, December, late November, really 
root, you know, the root cause from people's frustration with the long and cruel zero COVID policy. So it has been in place in the last three years. And this policy, some of the features, uh, some of the feature of the policy in terms of enforcement involved the mass testing of population, involved with the mass quarantine. For example, if you live in a high-rise apartment building, have a hundred households, if one person tested positive, the entire building will under lockdown. Either all of you had to be sent to a concentration camp-like quarantine center, which is highly uh, actually unsanitary and poorly constructed, or the entrance, the exit to your apartment building will be wheeled by iron bars or or sealed so nobody could get out. And, uh, and you have very access to food. Okay, you're saying that they welded the doors shut to these apartment buildings? Is that what you said? Yes, that's what happened with the fire in, um, well, that's what people suspect happening fire in Urumuchi in Xinjiang. There was a fire uh, erupted in the late November and People, based on the video, they said, uh, uh, or based on the witness video, they said um, uh, people who were in the building that are caught on fire couldn't escape <sighs> because the entrance, because the exit, yeah, the fire exit, the emergency exit, as well as the regular exit to the apartment was wielded, was sealed. And also the fire truck had hard, had a difficult time to get into the apartment building, to even get close to the uh, building on fire because there are so many metal barriers outside of the um, uh, community basically prevent the people to get out. How many people? I did not. I don't recall hearing about this, Helen. How many people died? Uh, at least ten people died, uh, but many people, many people online said probably more because you know the Chinese government tend to underreport disasters. Right. Right. Um, okay. So that happened, and as I read your piece, you said a lot of these kids they don't know the history of China, that that's, that's been tapped down, and they've had relatively prosperity. And, and so this, is, this whole COVID thing was a, uh, or Wuhan virus thing was a, a, a real wake up for them, yes? Oh, right. Oh, yes. Because for this generation, I'm, I'm specifically focused on the generation that's in college right now. You know, those, for those 18, 19-year-old uh, Chinese students, they were born post, you know, after 2004. So they grow up without any education about the true history, about all the crimes, atrocity um, that the Communist Party committed since 1949 to at least 1989, uh, because the Chinese government worked very hard to sanitize the history, history textbooks. So these students grow up with no knowledge of what actually happened. And then they, yes, they did grow up with relatively pro, uh, much better prosperity than what I experienced. But, you know, without the protection of property rights and individual rights, the prosperity is very fragile. And that's what the students, you know, after three years of COVID, that's what they found out. So I talk about some general um, zero COVID cruelty for the general population. But for the students, it's another layer. You know, they have to stay on campus, live in a very small dormitory. I lived in this dormitory, you know, before. It's the size of my bathroom has three bunk beds that, uh, you know, three, like six students live in one room. And they were not allowed to take a regular shower. And they were allowed to go to bathroom without first make appointment. They have to make appointment with the hall monitor in order to go to bathroom. And they could only take their online classes. And again, if one person 
if one person tests positive, the entire dormitory building, the students were would be under lockdown, quarantine. They would not. They would be either sent to the quarantine camp or they would be locked down in their dorm. And there were there's no regular supply of food. And for students who have special diet or need a med- medical care, they do not get a timely medical care, or they obviously they're not going to get their special diet either. That's the kind of condition. So that's a really rude awakening for students to realize how fragile that kind of prosperity they they lived through. So I do remember now seeing some pictures of this, this protest, and. Boy, to protest like that in China is dangerous, yes? Oh, yes, because, um, you know, especially the last 10 years when the current leader, Xi, he really built a high-technology-based surveillance state in China. So there are uh, uh, facial recognition cameras everywhere. And uh, during COVID, uh, also, every Chinese citizen was forced to download this health app on their smartphone. And many of them are required to wear this uh, band on their wrist. So the band will change colors. So the, the app track all your movement and it will send all the data to the police station. And the color of the band will change depends on, you know, um, who you are with. <gasps> if, if, and also the color will determine what places you can go into. For example, if, if your band is not green, which means you're COVID-free, or, or you have not in contact with anybody with COVID, but if it's in yellow, that means you, you are in the proximity of somebody who tests positive. Uh, you know, only if your band is green, you are allowed to go out of your apartment, go to grocery store, go to a restaurant. Any other color, you are not allowed to move. Helen, I've not heard this stuff. How how do you source this? How do you find this stuff out? Oh, I cannot disclose my sources oh. on there. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, to protect other people's safety. But these are this this is actually very widely reported. You know, anybody who's following China closely, these are the information you can easily find on uh, credible information, easily find on Twitter, as well as uh, even legacy media has been reported about the, uh, the horrific, uh, you know, just intrusiveness of this surveillance system. So what, uh, another example, how this uh, house code has been manipulated by the government to prevent the um, protest. So basically, you need to have your uh, band green in order to go anywhere. And China now is experiencing a financial crisis. I wrote an article for the Spectator, and then people can also find a reposting on my Substack newsletter. Anyway, so when when the when the government got got a wind of a. Uh, uh, Chinese citizens would go to certain banks to protest because they couldn't get their money out. They basically turned all their house, you know, the band into red, so they couldn't uh, buy bus ticket. They couldn't get on the train. So it basically, followed a protest. Oh my gosh, Helen, this is um, this is unbelievable. Uh, so let's go to break. I'm talking with Helen Raleigh, and uh, you can find her at Substack at Helen Raleigh, and that's R A L E I G H, and then also at the Federalist and a variety of other places. But uh, probably go to Helen Raleigh. Um, is it Helen Raleigh Speaks um, is your website, correct? Yeah, HelenRaleighSpeaks.com. That's my website. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to break, and uh, when we come back, we will continue the conversation with Helen Raleigh. 
Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And speaking of independent voices, we have Helen Raleigh on the line. And uh, she is an amazing voice. She grew up in China, and uh, she is now a U.S. citizen. She's a citizen by choice, and she understands this whole American idea. And she writes um, just really important pieces. And we're talking about the one that was published on December 5 in The Federalist, how communist China accidentally created a new generation of pro-democracy activists. Uh, But uh, the piece that you published on the first, China's paper revolution could be the beginning of the end for Xi. Is that how you say Xi? Um, Xi, yeah. Okay. I mean, really? Could this possibly happen? Well, so it's not going to happen tomorrow. Probably not going to happen in the next uh, you know, year or so. Um, but I do think, I, I think the reason I'm optimistic is because of what's happening. You can see the transition with young people. Just like in 1989, Today's uh, protest, I'm talking about the, the protest in early December, late, late November, early December, was also largely led by young people. And it's the young people who creatively 
you know, they, it's called a white paper, white paper revolution. They are creatively holding the piece of white paper to show that they are living under censorship. They could not actually say anything, but oh. everybody understood. Okay. Yeah, and the other yeah, ones courageously shouted the slogans such as the she need to step down, the CCP need to step down. We want to, you know, you know, we want a democracy and, the, you know, we want the food, not COVID test. We want the freedom, not dictator. You know, we want the dem- democracy, not not the di- you know, not the dictatorship. So, these, those are very courageous because not only she built a highly sophisticated uh, surveillance state in China, everybody's trapped through the high, you know, through technology, but also the punishment is very severe. Um, just because we didn't see tanks rolling down the street like we saw, you know, in 1989, does not mean those people are not, you know, protests are not getting punished. I mean, Kim, you know this, we talked about this before. China built this social credit system, as I mentioned in a previous segment, that they can track your movement. And just based on household, you know, you're not allowed to go get a, to leave your apartment. You cannot go to grocery store. You cannot go to a bank. You cannot travel. And they, they have a variety of ways to make your life miserable without having to shedding actual blood on the street. So this is a whole different level of uh, surveillance and oppression we're seeing in China. But we're seeing the same thing here. Uh, not to that extent yet. But we, you know, we were seeing many of the the same kind of things happen, and this whole ESG, environment, society, and governance um, scorecards, I think, are the precursor to something like this that that's happening in China. It could happen here and and in other countries as well. Yes, no. Oh, yes, we definitely see a convergence. That's why I feel like I'm shouting on the roof every, every time I'm writing about this, uh, you know, this kind of subject, because that, that, that's one of the purposes I'm writing about China. It's not just for uh, voice, you know, the struggles of Chinese people. It's also a warning for people in America, you know, for this new country that I adopted and, and I lived here for more than 20 years. You know, I, I always joke, uh, I already lived through totalitarian once. I don't want to live through again. I didn't sign up to live through it again. So we must stop, you know, we're going towards that totalitarian, you know, uh, totalitarianism here in the United States. Well, and that is why your voice is so important. But uh, now Apple... Uh, and you know, I, I like I like the convenience of my iPhone, but I also realize that you know they're tracking me. It's obvious when when you can put in your phone and you, you can say uh, on like the maps, and it says turn right here, turn left here to get to your destination. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that they're tracking us here as well. But what there was an app that kids were communicating with each other with, and Apple disabled that on their phones because the CCP asked them to do that when they were organizing these protests, correct? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's called an airdrop. So basically, um, you know, if like both of us in a close physical proximity, you know, we can transfer files, just use this app called an airdrop without uh, having to rely on emails or text, text messages. So anyway, so many protesters, because they're young, they're using the Apple uh, airdrop to share videos to get their messages out because you know any and also organizing protests you know china's internet is being highly monitored and censored so if they put anything on the internet will be as soon as they put on there within 
seconds, it will be uh, scrubbed. So this airdrop helped them to share those information, get their message out quickly. Um, but Apple did a update of the airdrop, basically preventing limit users' ability only in China. The Apple limits the user's ability to be able to share information um, like we can do it here. So, yes, uh, Apple is highly culpable. Um, I actually wrote an article about the Apple's culpability. And I think uh, Apple is an example that uh, American corporations, it's time for them to make a choice. They cannot be so uh, such a uh, play such a hypocrisy on the one hand they they proclaim they support liberty and the freedom uh, you know here in the west and they be highly critical of america uh, this is self-loathing against america's history and on the other hand they totally kowtow you when they're in china working closely with the chinese government or simply just for the pursuit of profit mm-hmm. profitability mm-hmm. so american it's, it's a time of choice for american corporations well, it really is. Now, Helen, as you said, shouting from the rooftops, and with our conversations, I learned so much from you, but you mentioned that they highly monitor the Internet, and I've talked a little bit about this. When I was on city council 2012 to 2016, that was the second term of Obama, and there was a telecommunications attorney here in Colorado that uh, he... Um, Actually, was he's paid by a number of the different uh, cities, so paid with taxpayer dollars. But he was really pushing municipal broadband. And I inherently, I thought, this is not a good idea for government to get involved in broadband. We need that to be free, although we, we've seen you know these big corporations. We realize big government and big business like each other. And it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, both sides, big business and big business like each other. Because they can use rules, regulations, taxes to squelch down the the new guy, the creator, the innovator. So having government get involved, and they call them public-private partnerships, but it's basically kind of cronyism because uh, government will choose who gets the contracts. But I inherently thought this is... This is not a good thing for municipalities and counties to get into the broadband business. And of course, they always do it under, uh, hey, we're going to get broadband to, to uh, people in rural America or whatever. But government can't do what private enterprise can do as well. Normally, the price goes up, the supply goes down, and the quality is uh, or quality goes down, and the supply is limited. But I see big danger in municipal broadband here in America uh, with government gaining more access over what we do on the Internet. What's your thoughts? Well, so um, just to expand on what you just said, I don't know if you're following the Twitter files that uh, Elon Musk has been releasing. Mm -hmm. I think now we're in the Twitter file, the ACE batch. Um, It's kind of alluded to what you were saying, but in a much broader scale. So from those Twitter files that we learned that the, the FBI, the government agency, intelligence agency, such as the FBI, uh, has been pressuring Twitter to share user data without going through the normal uh, search warrant process. And uh, also, um, FBI actively suppressed uh, the Hunter Biden's you know, laptop information, and even though they had the computer on hand for over a year, and they know what they're they know what they're doing. Basically, they, they practically turned a private company like Twitter into a subsidiary of the government. And that, to me, if we're going to talk about, you know, remember that 
a tagline, the, the Washington Post, the democracy dies darkness. I, I would say democracy dies when big business and the big government are working together to, you know, take our freedom and liberty away. And I think everybody should be very alarmed. And, if you, and it's even more alarming, uh, you know, is how legacy media, I'm talking about New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, ABC. They're not even report those Twitter files. So, you know, I encourage all your listeners to go to Twitter to to take to read through those threads to see. We all should be very, very scared and concerned. You know, if this is what's going on, I bet you it's going on the Facebook, it's going on Google, it's going on YouTube, and. I don't have any desire to post anything on those social medias anymore. And I'm really worried about you. We're going to keep this republic if this is what's going on you know, with between big government and big business. Well, you have nailed it. And Helen Raleigh, that people can find you at Substack. That's Helen Raleigh, uh, R-A-L-E-I-G-H. Helen, thank you so much for joining us. Merry Christmas, Kim. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, Helen. And I thank you so much for all your important work. Thank you, Kim. Have a great day. You too. And our quote for the end of the show is Confucius. And it says, cultivate the root and the leaves and branches will take care of themselves. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. We'll be right back with our number two. Like a new moon rising fierce. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. woo Indeed, it is hump day. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our number two. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul. Your mind and your body, my friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Luke, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Luke. Happy Wednesday, Kim. I can't believe it's the 21st. I just can't believe it. Time is just going so quickly. Too quickly. Too quickly. But check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests and uh, our uh, upcoming essays. 
And you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And speaking of essays, I am thrilled to have in studio with me my friend, Kurt Gerwitz. It is great to have you here. Hi, Kim. Thanks. And you are a finance professor, correct? Yes, I teach what I humbly call the best finance or investments course in all of Colorado. It's called Anderson Reports. It is the peak of the MBA program in, in the, with the, con, the finance concentration over at Regis University at the Anderson College of Business and Computing. We do a deep dive on publicly traded companies that are headquartered in Colorado. You might know uh, such names as Crocs, and my wife works for Ball Corp. Well, those guys are actually too big for my interests because they've already got 13 or seven, 17, you know, Wall Street analysts covering them. So I'm interested in the little guys. We got Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factories publicly traded. You could, instead of buying the product, you could buy the company. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, Natural Grocers is another example. Of oh, those. really? Yeah. And okay. we've covered, um, boy, I've got some stories to tell for another time, perhaps. Okay. But, uh, you know, we covered Farmland Partners is is in town. They're a, they're a REIT. They buy uh, you know, they buy farmland, and so you can diversify your portfolio with those guys. And they is, had, is that publicly traded as well? Yeah, they're okay. all the, yeah the ones we're talking about. Because you know what makes it interesting is that anyone can invest in the companies that my students are covering, and so we're behaving like Wall Street analysts in some cases. I, I would argue we're we're doing we're producing better reports than oh, I than think Wall that's Street. fascinating. I've known you all these years, and I didn't know you. That's exactly what you do. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So you've written an essay that we, we it's not titled yet, but we're going to work on that. But we're going to roll it out this weekend in the newsletter. But it's about this whole Sam Bankman freed FTX thing. And uh, so we'll talk about that in the third and fourth segment. No, 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 in the second and third segment. And then Collins in the fourth segment. So I'm thrilled to talk about this. Yeah, it's, it's quite a, a dramatic story. I, there's no chance. I, I should never speak in such absolutes right. as, as a finance person. But it is a a negligible chance that this does not become the next big hit docudrama on Netflix or some other. Okay, I wonder who's going to star as Sam Bankman-Fried. I wonder who that would be. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll come up with some. You'll ideas. come up. You can come up with somebody. So, okay, let's go ahead and jump into some of these other things. America's Veteran Stories with Kim Munson uh, broadcasts on Sunday afternoons at three o'clock. Last week was the story of Colonel uh, John Preco, retired United States Air Force, and we talked to him this morning about something different uh, regarding. Uh, he is um, go to I petition and put Colorado and God we trust, and it'll come up. And it is a petition to get the option where people could buy an in God We Trust license plate um, here in Colorado. But his story is really remarkable. Uh, he also, his father died when he was nine months old in a bomber crash. And I, I, I should have looked that up. Um, and he was just nine. And Colonel Preco was only nine months old. And it happened outside of Tucson, Arizona. And... Uh, as they took off, they lost the in- two engines on one side of the plane. He was able; his father was able to steer the plane away from the city, and uh, he lost his life. And there was a crew of twenty, and everybody in the front of the plane died. There were twelve people, and the eight people in the back of the plane survived. So, 
the story with Colonel Preco is so interesting because it's, it was his journey to come to know his father, and then he became a bomber pilot. And so that we broadcast that last week. That will rebroadcast this Sunday at 10 to 11 at night, and then next Saturday, 10 to 11 at night. This Sunday is the show which will record tomorrow with Colonel uh, Bill Rutledge, and he's re- retired United States Air Force, 94 years old. And we're going to talk about the Battle of Wake Island. And the Battle of Wake Island happened right after uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor in World War II. So that's going to be really interesting. So with that, uh, let's see. Let's get to our quote for the day. And because we had Helen Raleigh on in the first segment, and she grew up in China. She is a an American citizen and really uh, informing people that we need to be paying attention so that we uh, continue to, to this liberty that we love so much that we continue to have that. And so I went to Confucius. He was a Chinese philosopher and politician of the spring and autumn period who is traditionally considered the paragon of Chinese sages. Confucius's teachings and philosophy underpin East Asian culture and society, remaining influential across China and East Asia to this day. He was born in 551 B.C., died in 479 B.C. Kurt, I'm going to throw it to you, and then I'm going to throw it over to Luke. A man is great not because he hasn't failed. A man is great because failure hasn't stopped him. What do you think, Kurt? Well, I think on on our subject today with Sam Brink, bank run fraud, <laughs> as we like to call him, uh, you know, it, this is a case where we want someone to uh, not be great. We want to decide that he's not allowed to be great, and we want to uh, make sure that his failure that we're going to discuss uh-huh. it, it, it is a stopping failure. Well, his failure is not one of those of I think the, the man trying to be better, do something better, overcoming obstacles. His is fraud, and uh, we need to call it what it is. So, what do you think, Luke? I like it. I like I like the quote because it's you know, say. Can you say it one more time? Okay, a man is great not because he hasn't failed. A man is great because failure hasn't stopped him. I, I like that because the implication is is a man who hasn't failed is a man who hasn't tried. Uh, and I feel like that's a very good takeaway from that. Uh, and, uh, and you know, as I d- look for these quotes, I, I go down these rabbit holes and find all these things that get me thinking about uh, overcoming things. There's just a whole bunch of different things. So uh, let's see. Headline. Let's see. Which one do I want to pull out? I'm just going to just mention a, a few of these because uh, that way it will give you an idea well, of what's me, going on Let out me there. tell you what song that that quote puts into my heart. Okay, Kurt Gerwitz, what is it? Yeah, it's, it's the, obviously it's the, the tub thumping. You know, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, we're going to go through just a few headlines here. The first one that Patty has on uh, is uh, by Leslie Manukian. And Leslie's going to be our guest tomorrow, I think it is, in the second hour. And she says, the righteous certitude of the disease mitigators. And it says, the weekend before last, she had the immense pleasure and honor of participating in Brownstone Institute's conference, The Great Restoration, which focused on the COVID crisis and solutions in the aftermath of the crisis. And she says, Jeffrey Tucker, the Brownstone Institute founder and president, brought together some of the most courageous, thoughtful, and committed leaders of Team Reality to discuss the shoddy policies and failures of the public health response, how we got to a place that facilitated those failures, and how we might forge a way forward. She said, the weekend exhilarated us as we broke bread and shared thoughts and insights, and in many cases challenged one another's sometimes long-held perspectives. 
She said, I barely slept but departed Miami at the crack of dawn on Sunday morning, absolutely elated, if not a bit sad, to leave all my friends. It was in the state of blissful fatigue that I landed in Salt Lake City to catch my flight home to Idaho. I boarded the plane and took my aisle seat. A few minutes later, a woman approached and asked me to get up as she had the window seat next to me. While all this all seems fairly routine, this woman, who I'll call B, used to be a friend. She reviewed my documentary on vaccines, The Greater Good before its release and chose not to vaccinate her children with the Gardasol vaccine after watching the film and learning of the dearth of rigorous science relating to Gardasol. Uh, B and I had been friends for about 15 years until the nonprofit I founded and head Health Freedom Defense Fund sued the city of Haley, Idaho, the town in which she lives and which is part of my general community, challenging the city's mass mandate. Says the local rag, which masquerades as a newspaper, wrote a sensationally dishonest article about our lawsuit, falsely stating the lawsuit claimed that Haley's mass policy constituted a grand medical experiment analogous to the barbaric medical experiments performed on unwilling victims of Nazis Germany's concentration camps. I'm going to leave that there as a um, cliffhanger for tomorrow because I will talk with Leslie Manukian about that. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, and also just to note, uh, uh, Luke, you and I have been working diligently to pre-record great shows for everybody for next week. And interesting, I've read Jeffrey Tucker in the Epic Times for quite some time and I uh, thought I would like to get him on. So we have already pre-recorded that show with him. And my friends, the show comes to you because I have these great sponsors. One of those is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. They have great specials Monday through Friday for lunch and for happy hour. Great place to get together. And if you're a sports hound, great place to watch the games. And Wednesdays are Wings Day. Buy 20 wings. Get an additional 10 for free. Uh, And it is an interesting story how we became business partners and that story is a story of freedom and capitalism and free markets you can find that at kimmunson.com we'll be right back with kurt gerwitz so i just got the state farm personal price plan on my car insurance so you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog what no i didn't get that personal my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me okay let me show you what i've been working on hey buster Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, we did, ran the spot there for Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance. And... Um, I stopped by to see him yesterday, was delivering some of these, some, some gifts for our sponsors. And uh, boy, they've got a really great uh, insurance agency over there. And Roger knows that life can be challenging. And it's his team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So you can call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. And yes, like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. And uh, these sponsors that I have, I know all of them personally. And uh, I, I appreciate the support that you give to the show, but also doing business with these sponsors uh, is another way you can support the show. So I highly recommend that. And we've got a list of all those sponsors on my website. I am thrilled to have in studio with me my friend Kurt Gerwitz. We met at Liberty Toastmasters, and we've had great conversations after the meeting, going to lunch, kicking the tires on ideas. You and I have had some great conversations. Yeah, and you know, I had a dream about one of those last night we were we were at hooters okay we were we were buying a house from karen lauren had had given us the financing we were transferring the funds from first american state bank three points financial had signed off on our asset allocation that this was a good investment uh and of course we were toasting to the the kujani coffee there oh my gosh that is so clever good for you (laughs) i love it and gosh fascinating uh the course that you're teaching now is that for MBA or kids? It is. I, I, I have opened it up to undergrads as well because uh, they actually work really hard and they're, they're full-time students. And so, that, you know, I, I make the argument that it's worth having them in the class. It is an MBA class. And uh, we do this, that deep dive. We, we publish these reports. I meant to bring them in. I, they up, I, I do have them. Uh, I'll put them up on my my YouTube channel is where I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna guide our audience to to follow me, and, and uh, that's so it's Kurt K U R T Gerwitz G E R W I T Z is that where they would find it? Yeah, I'm, I'm easy to Google. I'm pretty much the only one in the country. There's one other. Um, we, we're negotiating that. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> okay, I'm easy to find on on the Google. Uh, so it's it's K Gerwitz is where I'm I'm at on most things. Okay, but yeah, Kurt Gerwitz will bring you up to my YouTube channel. Uh, and this class, so we, we cover these, uh, we've done three of them. We, we, you and I talked at the top of the hour about uh, FPI, Farmland Partners. Another one we covered was um, WOW is the ticker, and they are Wide Open West. They're an internet service provider. So they're challengers. They have to compete with AT&T and the big boys. And, and now governments, some of these municipal broadbands, too. Yes, right. Uh, and so the, the, way, the only way they, they can compete is they have to be uh, better service and cheaper, and so they just have this aggression. And we, uh, my students, as part of the experience, they get to interview the CEO. And Teresa, she's got the challenger personality. We put this into the report that her personality comes out 
as just like she's feisty. You know, she and I are going to talk for 15 minutes while uh, before they my students get to do a, a, a real deep dive and ask aggressive questions of the CFO to to see, like, do you really think you can meet your goals and all these gr- great questions that my students are, are coached to ask. When she comes in, she has Googled me and she's got some quote that I've said somewhere, someplace, and she's challenging me. And, and yeah, so it, it's so much fun to see these, uh, you know, future financial professionals, my students, oh, uh, come up through this experience. And so th- those were the first two companies we covered. And the third one is, is, is probably and, and does connect into our, our topic today. It's Riot Blockchain. So the ticker is R-I-O-T. They're down in Colorado Springs. This is the first one that, um, because we were born of the pandemic, this was the first one where the students actually got face-to-face with leadership. We went down and entered the, interviewed the CFO. Their whole business model, they do one thing. They mine Bitcoin. Now, I, I don't understand. Well, we can we can do a little. I, I don't know how much time we have, but we okay. can we can maybe we do another show on all that. Or something. yeah, we can yeah. do a little bit of it. They they do have. I'll just say a few quick things. They have the uh, America's largest facility. It's in West Texas, where the energy because of deregulation, uh-huh. the energy's cheap, and they're using because there's a lot of electricity that's need, needed for this, right? Yeah, yeah. Crypto is a, a terrible electricity burn. Okay, and so, but riot. And so the environmentalists will probably use that to try to gain control of it. Absolutely. Of oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's it, it is a big topic. So my students do. Um, you're going to love this. My I am going to require and it because it because it's interesting to our readers, our audience, the the investing public, and because it's it's so topical, and because we are regis, we are really trying to do something good in the world. There is an ESG section in all oh of my, my in all of my oh, papers. Of course, oh, there is. Oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me! Well, we look. I use it to teach the controversy. We use okay. the controversy to teach. the The bigger question about ESG is how do we measure good? Uh, that we'll have to do another show on that. I think. right. And the finance answer and the answer in history has been with the U.S. dollar. We we measure things in dollars. It's a store of value. Okay. So we can get into money theory another time. Okay. But you know, it, it's it. There's a it. It's the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Oh yes. And so this is what we're seeing in ESG. That's what Milton Friedman said. Although, I'm not sure. Well, there may be some with good intentions regarding ESG, but there's some that it's very nefarious. They're using it to to become tyrants. I think. Right. To to put in some force instead of mm-hmm. freedom, as you would say. Mm-hmm. So there is an ESG section on the report, and and for Riot, for a company that just mines Bitcoin, it's a, it's a big issue about the electricity burn of the industry. Okay. And uh, so in West Texas, the other thing they can do there is most of that's renewable. I mean, they're looking for the cheapest energy, and so mm-hmm. renewable is at certain times of day mm-hmm. the cheapest energy, and they also can grab. They can grab this, like... If you don't have an ice storm. Right. And, well, yeah. and that's the other thing. Actually, they, they, um, they became a almost a battery for this system. It's, that's the wrong way to exp- explain it. But they, they can sell back. They pre-purchase the energy. Okay, so, so kind of a hedge then? Yeah. Well, the, the, there's a solar plant that they're building that is going to use their pre-purchase as the financing. So they're, they're pre-buying at a, a fixed rate. The, Interesting. Yeah, and then they can sell it back, and so it it there's there's 
you know, it, it's complicated. It goes both sides. There's a lot of good to it as well, okay. and that, and that's they they kind of talk out of the out of the okay. positive side of it. They wouldn't they wouldn't build this, you know, this energy infrastructure unless these things were being used. That's their their biggest argument for, you know, the the positive that they bring to the okay. to the grid. Fascinating. Yeah. Whole nother so whole nother thing. So okay, I was thinking about you when because with crypto. What they they say is that there's nothing there, that uh, and but I'm was kind of thinking about the U.S. dollar. Right. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, got some problems as well. So there's that out there. But but crypto and FTX are I think they're kind of different things. FTX looks to me like just a fraud. Is it different? It's. It's in the story. It is different. You're you're right. You're the way you're you know segmenting it out. It, it is just a fraud, and it's a, a it's such a common story of the shell game that companies play shell games with their money. They they sometimes companies you'll know this, and in a reasonable way, companies have to rob Paul to pay Peter, and. Uh, but at some point, when you're commingling and when you're and when you're uh, what they did, the big fraud here was that they were using their user funds. So their their client funds should be siloed and not able to. You can't be lending out your you, your clients' funds, mm-hmm. as, as you know. You've been mm-hmm. in, in the industry, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the big fraud. <laughs> yeah, here. that that is. Oh, don't you can't do that. <laughs> right, and so FTX was it was built in. Um, so therefore, you know that sounds like something they don't they want to avoid doing. So let's just set up shop in the Bahamas. So you'll you'll see the if people are watching the big perp walk, he uh, Sam gets arrested mm-hmm. in the Bahamas because that's where one of the, the headquarters is. I thought it was interesting that he got arrested the day before he was scheduled uh, for uh, to appear on Capitol Hill. Oh, I, well, I, thought, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't I, catch that. I thought that's that good. was a little curious. Well, the, the, I mean, you did. You said something earlier that kind of triggered me into into. I triggered you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see my emotional response? I started to sweat. I started. I was. I was. Uh, Got to vomit on the table here. I was so triggered. Now, you you said something that about the that piece of like his relationships with important people or the way he. The way he was managing image and influence. So just what you said, like the theater of it all, mm-hmm. that he, um, you know, he donated $30 million to the Democrats. But he also doni- donated to Republicans, at least. That's what I've well, seen. Well, he said he did. Um, but he's, and this is, this is one of those things. There's another thing he did. This cracks me up. So he, this whole thing's fallen apart. And we'll, we'll tell the narrative of, of, you know, we'll build up to this, this moment where you know the 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 straw that that breaks the camel's back on this one but he um he was he went on this media tour afterwards after the crash started to happen and he he just started to tell this story that can't possibly be true that he's a complete idiot and and that's that's his his angle right now it's it's like he started his defense oh that's what he said that I'm a complete idiot but he he would in, not in so many words uh yeah but i think he would actually i think he would though i think he'll go on the stand and say oh i'm i'm the world's biggest clown he went from the smartest guy in the room that right. was his whole shtick that was his whole image yeah. and then uh, and then it it just flipped on a dime and now he's he's a clown i didn't have any clue what was going on in my business i'm just i had the best of intentions but we just didn't have in the 
he's 30 years old. They didn't have in the controls. And that's that's really the story of this is they did. They, they didn't have oversight. But he uh, you mentioned, I mean, he very influential parents, very influential, um, you know, rubbing shoulders with all these different people. And. Uh, so let's go to break. Uh, this is so fascinating. Kurt Gerwitz is in studio with me, and he is a finance professor. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, and um, he's written this piece. And we still have to figure out what the title is going to be, but we're going to roll that out this weekend in the newsletter, and it'll be on the website. Before we do that, though, IPAC EDU is just a really exciting thing that is happening. And so what do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these uh, men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons-Weiler is creating a new kind of education model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive with experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to IPAC-EDU.org for more information and to register. That's IPAC-EDU.org. I have already signed up for the spring course on globalism, which is going to be fascinating, taught by Aga Wilson. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Kurt Gerwitz. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. I think this song, Luke, it was popular during World War II, and it was written for all of our soldiers that were far away from home at Christmas time. It's such a beautiful song. And uh, welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. I thank all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to uh, force people to do it. In the studio with me is my friend Kurt Gerwitz, and we met at Liberty Toastmasters. And Liberty Toastmasters is going to be Liberty Toastmasters Day tomorrow. And I know it's bitter cold, but uh, Denver President Josh Lalamant is scheduled to be in studio. And just a, a note on 
I, I was the table topics master this last Saturday. You weren't there, but and so I went through and I asked questions about Santa and the elves, but put in a number of like current event questions on it. And, and uh, so I, I said to everybody, oh, I'll, I'll uh, get you guys all scheduled for next Thursday when you're on, and I'll get you the subject. They said, Kim, why don't you just use those questions? So it's going to be super interesting. Very good, yeah. yes. You know, I've noticed that since I kind of backed away from that group, I've just been too busy to go. Uh, you've been going more often because I, I still get the agendas and you're on it. And I'm, I'm like, oh, so I stopped showing up and now it's, I see what's happening. Yeah, Kim it, now gets to it go. It was you. It was you, actually. That's what it was. Now, I knew During it. election season, it was so busy and I just couldn't get it all done. So I'm hoping that that there will now be a time where it coalesces where we're there again because uh, we go to lunch afterwards. And, man, we've had some great conversations. We don't always agree on stuff, but we've had great conversations. Yeah, that's that's where the you know that's where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> you know, where, Toastmasters is a safe place to practice public speaking, and lunch is not a safe place to have an opinion. <laughs> lunch is lunch is going to be uh, where where the battle the battle where you're going to get bruises and, and blood bloodied up from the battle of ideas. But it's it's good to engage in that. Okay, let's uh, and if you want to call in, Kurt's going to be in studio the whole hour. Last segment in about seven forty seven. 303-477-5600. Okay, what's, what next? What I think, do we do? I, well, I think we need to frame the story from the top. You, you mentioned his parents, um, and I heard a great line that he had that, that the story we're going to get to is along the way, when he had reached his peak at least, he was monetizing his parents' career. So his parents are these uh, hotshot lawyers who are um, just just ingrained in the privilege of America, the the best schools, the place that we outsource our selection for humans in America is, you know, they were professors at Stanford. And then he went to MIT, majored in math and physics. And so he shows up and gets a job on Wall Street and, and finds a um, finds a low risk, high reward trade where you can sell Bitcoin in Korea for higher then you can buy it anywhere else in any exchange on the planet. And so he just makes almost free money, risk-free money, per, uh, or as close to it. And so he, he gains a lot of um, he gains a lot of a panache, or he gets a halo around him for being the guy who, you know, he starts this crypto exchange, and, you know, it's in the terms of service, and this comes up later, that you know the the user funds can't be used for anything else. So it's like a it's it, you know crypto's kind of been the wild west, and he's showing up. Is it kind of like a bank, in a way? I, I mean, the I people mean, put their they were a money transfer. So so if you know when we ask about the regulations, um, they they are holding people's money. So they are they were a money transfer okay um, business, and so there are you know there are American regulators that were. Uh, also asleep at the wheel. It's part of the story. There's so much to this story. It's almost hard to to capture it all. But we'll we'll whittle it down into one or two okay. interesting things. Point right there. Regulators. People think regulators are going to take care of things. Well, they were asleep at the wheel. You said. Well, yeah. So let's just jump to the chase. There's there's kind of the the question is who's who could have prevented this? Who where should the where should we have caught this sooner? And it's it, I'll put I'll put the question to you. There's three three options here. It's the asset allocators. So the the uh, Sequoia is one of the hedge funds or the um, 
venture capitals that invested into this. Okay. There's that's number one. Number two is the regulators and and they're and they're overlapping. Um, competing, and that's the sh- that's part of the tragedy here. Is when you when you s- I, I saw a um, a congressional or uh, I'm sorry, a, 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 some council hearing on this, and the, the current CEO is the guy who wound down uh, Enron. He's finally he's the first adult in the room in a, in a long time, and he is an- answering honestly uh, the the real questions here. And you hear these you hear these regulators, you know, like, will you commit to when you find this out, will you commit to telling us and not just the SEC? Because like they're <laughs> competing with each other, and um, and then the third. So that's your second choice. The first one was the VCs who, sh- who are supposed to be doing due diligence, the regulators who are supposed to be looking at the books, and then finally the third choice is the journalists, and that the outside forces, the investigators, the the truth seekers of our of America, shouldn't they be? Uh, you know, financial journalism, how come they didn't get this? In fact, the, the opposite's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam is in, he's donating to these, to the journalism t- entities, and they're, they're giving them, they're, I heard someone say there's two types of articles that are coming out of the, out of financial journalism. There's hit pieces and puff pieces. Mm-hmm. And he was paying that, so that that would be puff pieces. But which one of these three adults, or oversights. Well, I think I'm going to go with journalists first, and then I would go with the investors, and not just the the venture capitalists, but people need to be. If it sounds too good to be true, sometimes it is too good to be true. That's one of the things I learned when I was in the investment business. And then regulators, I would put as last. I, have, I see you have no faith in our regulators. <laughs> well, what I see is rules and regulations are used to stifle and uh, uh, pick winners and losers. And uh, granted, I guess there should be some regulation on things, but it's way out of control in our country now. Yeah, and it, it, I think we, we see it's ineffective for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not doing the job it's purported it's, that it's yeah, there for. Right. Yes. It's really justifying people's jobs, and then they mm-hmm. create silos and fight with each other. Mm-hmm. So what it, am I right? Uh, well, look, it's, it's an opinion, but I, I would, uh, I'd say no. I'd say, I'd say the, the primary, and, and it comes from my perspective as, you know, I teach an equity analyst class. And so I, I think. Equity the, analyst class. Right. That's the, the class we were talking about at Regis, the Anderson Reports, where my okay. students behave as investigative journalists to try to find out, is this stock price going to go up or is it going to go down? Is okay. this company legit? Is the strategy make sense? Has the management done these things in the past? Okay. And and uh, and actually, we we should take a sidebar here and talk about how that's that what I just described is illegal in China. Unfortunately, there's a Hulu documentary out there called um, "The China Hustle," that is required watching for my class. Interesting. Um, so I think it's the responsibility of the investor class, the uh, asset allocators, the VCs. That like I'm sorry, but if if I'm going to put if me personally, as I sit here, if I'm going to put a thousand dollars into a company, I want to see their books. Right. And these people are, are, are putting in billions, with a B, billions of dollars. So mostly hundreds of millions. Let's think of it at that level. But if you're putting in $100 million, wouldn't you ask for, like, audited financials? No one did. Unbelievable. It's, that's why this is, I mean, it, 
it, the story just doesn't make sense. The size of this fraud, it's bigger than Madoff. It's bigger than Enron. And it's, it's, and it's just like this kid who's, whether he's, whether he's evil or insane or ignorant, one of those three, mm-hmm. uh, it shouldn't matter when, when there's an adult who says like, well, show me, show me your bank account. And, yeah. and so what, one of the things that happened was uh, when it broke, it was Coindesk and they're, they were behaving as journalists. And Is that a, a journalist, uh, a financial journalist? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, financial journalists in crypto. Okay. So so crypto is now a big part of finance. I can't I can't exactly explain that cuz I I tend to agree that it's pixie dust. But uh it's not and we'll, we'll talk about why, you know, the argument between the US dollar versus Bitcoin is is a fun one and I'll say one little thing about that in a second. But CoinDesk, they just they got a hold of the balance sheet and they saw that so FTX was a was, you know, um that's where the fraud was happening, and they got a hold of the the balance sheet, and they saw all these coins on it. The coins were FTT. It's just something made up. Like we, you and I, we could just make up the Kim coin right now, and we could say it's worth a dollar each coin. And oh, I have thirty million of them, and they're on my balance sheet. Oh, I like the way you're thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, there's the lure of it, right? There's the there's the worm. There's a hook on that. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, but continue <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, so um, the, the, I don't. I don't. So that a, a so a, the FTT they just made it up. They yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. They I say they just made it up, and and it so crypto has a place, and so now I'll, I'll say that piece about the the dollar versus Bitcoin. If you we think that the dollar is, uh, and you've got to watch my twenty minute. My best video on my YouTube channel is okay. a 20-minute explanation of the power of the U.S. dollar and why it's the world's reserve currency. And we need about 40 trillion U.S. dollars. We, our own economy is 26 trillion, and the rest of the world uses another 20 trillion of, of U.S. dollars outside of the United States. And that's a thing. Like, if you open up a bank account in Mexico, they're going to ask you which currency would you like to do that. In America, it's illegal. They won't ask you that. It's going to be the U.S. Ever since the Civil War, it's going to be the U.S. dollar. Okay. And it, that's the only currency we're allowed to use. Um, we're not allowed to trade in gold. I'm sure you've had guests who have, have had strong opinions about mm-hmm. that. And, and so if you compare that to crypto, there's, there's two arguments. The, the, or there's, there's two sides of this. The downside is there's only about 80, 800 billion in all cryptos. 800 billion. So it's nowhere near the 40 trillion needed. So crypto's not really a competitor to the US dollar yet. But when you ask yourself what is the basis of the faith or the trust, uh, look, you, you know, you had a guest on uh, in your first hour talking about in God we trust, and it's printed on our money and it's printed on the US dollar. And so the U.S. the U.S. government is the most fiscally responsible, as as embarrassing as that is for humanity. It's the most fiscally responsible uh, government on planet Earth. It's the most stable. It's we've never defaulted on a debt. And so the, the yeah, so the U.S. well, the U.S. dollar then becomes it, it's trusted, and that's what makes it win. What's more, uh, before Bitcoin, there was nothing on planet Earth that was more trustworthy. Than the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me. But let's not clip that out. <laughs> and so, but but it's it's backed by math and the internet. If there's anything bigger than math and the internet, 
I don't I don't know what it is. And so the idea of of FTT being pixie dust is that it's it also should be you know it should be I I don't know much about that coin, but it, or token and it should just be following this model of the reason people are trusting cryptocurrency is because it it's it's and this is the this is the the irony of this story is that crypto is supposed to be transparent it's supposed to solve a lot of problems that we have in finance right now we wait for quarterly numbers and they come out a month later crypto should make that faster because you can just see the ledger it should just be in the blockchain and you and anyone can see it at li- almost live time and somehow we've figured out how to 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 get that obfuscated by mm-hmm. you know by the complexity of the of these arrangements and and look this you know this company wasn't publicly traded at all and so it, it but but it it didn't matter there should have been an adult who just should have said let let me see your numbers yeah you think Oh, boy, that's important. So we're going to go to break. Uh, anything you want to do to button this up, if you want to call in, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Uh, let's button this up just in case we end up. Yeah, if I was your audience, I'd say, why do I care? Um, and, and mostly, the, the probably the best answer is that to, is to be interesting at cocktail parties. But no, it's, there's, a, that's, there's actually a lot of money in this, for one. And then this story itself, I don't know, it's, like I said, it's going to be a docudrama on Netflix someday. And it, there's, look, there's, there's fear of contagion because the amount of money in this. It, it has hurt crypto, which, you know, it hurts, again, that, that the crypto dream is, is beautiful with the transparency. But this story has, it scales huge. It has betrayal. It has sex, money, political donations, drugs. Celebrities are involved in this. Shaquille O'Neal had money in, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this veneer and the hypocrisy of the new transparency moment of movement. And he was, you know, this guy, um, Sam, was in this effective altruism movement. Ugh. And it's just and, and he, he just he had that quote about this dumb game that woke Westerners play when we say all the right things so that everybody likes us. He got, it's just it, there's so much drama here fascinating. Kurt Gerwis, this is absolutely fascinating. We're going to go to break and uh, call in 303-477-5600. We'd love to hear from you. 303-477-5600. Before we do that, the USMC Memorial Foundation is uh, raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. And Paula Sarles is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. She is a woman Marine and Vietnam veterans gold star wife. And uh, it is just on her heart and her team's heart to make this happen. And you can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. And my friends, it's so important to honor those that have given their lives or been willing to give their lives so that we live in liberty, which is the responsible exercise of freedom. So uh, again, that's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Kurt Gerwitz. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. 
Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes, depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Oh, I love this one, too. You've gotten all of my faves. Way to go, Luke. Uh, welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. And that's Luke, the producer. Um, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And Kurt Gerwitz is in studio. Fascinating conversation. We've got Johnny uh, on the line. Johnny, welcome. And you are in Amsterdam, right? Yes. What I noticed here is they will ask you if you want to pay with dollars or euro. Okay. And uh, when I was in uh, Moscow, if if you bought in, like, money to exchange, it, it, it can't have any wrinkles in it or they... They pretend like, oh, this is not good enough, and it has a, like a wrinkle in it. So the money has to be like, like almost like new, hot off like the dollars. press, hot off the yeah. press. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, so did you want Kurt to comment on that, or did you? Yeah, yeah, because I, because because I, I was hearing them saying like in Mexico, you know, you're not supposed to, and I didn't know that until I left the country that that what he said that you're not supposed to. Because they never asked that in America. They never said, well, do you want to pay in this franc or that franc? They just said dollar, and that's it. Um, and I don't trust the, the electronic money that much because then that means the government can can have more control over your money and, and see what you have and what you don't have. What does he feel about that? Okay. Johnny, thank you. Kurt, your, your thoughts? Well, the, the thing about the government tracking the money, yeah, they're very interested in that. It's, you know, they, they um, have, you ever, have you seen, when was the last time you saw a 500 U.S. dollar bill? 
A five hundred? Yeah, a five hundred. I don't know if I've ever. I'm seen not that. asking you about your wealth. I'm asking. Mm-hmm. You, well, I, I I don't know. I don't know the status of that one, but I know they killed the five hundred euro note, and that we have a congressman in America who wants to get rid of the one hundred dollar uh, U.S. dollar bill. Why? Because it is the currency that's used in the black market. Oh. If you're if you're doing something bad with money then you're going to have to do it in dollar, in paper money, because it's so much harder to track. Right. And so... And so they are very interested in tracking... I mean, financial crimes, like... You even look at, like, what brought down um, the big gangsters. They, they get them for wire fraud, because they can track... That's moving money across states, and they can track that. They get them for... Who, who got caught for uh, tax evasion? The big, the big gangster. Um, oh, which one? I, I can't remember which one it was. But okay, Johnny, that is super interesting. Uh, any other comments, Johnny? Oh no, I was just thinking. Was it uh, El Capone? Okay. I yes. think yeah, you got it. Good for you. You come in for the win. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> Caller wins the prize. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. All right. See you guys later. Okay. Thanks, Johnny. Merry Christmas. And that thing about you know they won't take a wrinkled bill. Um, Have you heard that? Yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced it, too. If, if you travel, you'll, you'll see that. And it, but it speaks to the trust, right? Like, this is what money is supposed to do and what makes money work. And, it, like, they, they don't trust a wrinkled bill. How can you have money that's not wrinkled if you've been using it? Oh, I've got some pristine. I, you know, I carry $2 bills with me everywhere I go. Can you still get a $2 bill? Absolutely. They're still making them, uh, not as often and, and not as frequent as the bills that are in more common usage. But I've, I've tried to get them into circulation. It makes me interesting. And you'll like this. It's the, it has Thomas Jefferson on it. So it has the signing of the Declaration of Independence is on the money. Okay. Do you have to order them? Um, no, yes and no. Yes, uh, Sometimes, you, you, well, you just ask your banker. You okay. just ask when you, you, you know, I, I try to go in. And I try to have a relationship with my teller. I know I'm old-fashioned. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, we are just about out of time. This has been so fascinating, Kurt. You and I have talked about it for a long time to get you on the show. And here you've written this essay, which will roll out in the newsletter this weekend. Uh, really, it's been fun to have you. So we've got a couple of minutes. You know, what's the kind of the final thought you want to leave with our listeners? Well, I, I will thank you for having me. And I, I think really the final thought is, is the, the lesson of this fraud is is about common sense oversight. It's about like, we build up complexities and we think we, we shortcut, we, take, we have a, a cognitive bias where we shortcut and outsource our thinking to, oh, someone else must be looking at that. Mm-hmm. And we should, we should be skeptical. We should do our own due diligence. But most importantly, put a financial professional, put a CFA, put a CPA in the room who's not afraid to ask tough questions and demand to see the real numbers, the real dollars. But and the thing about it is 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 that that this happens. I mean, it's kind of the whole thing of man. And and in fact, uh, uh, our quote from Confucius, it it there is always this element of human nature that will try to make money by not earning it, but by tricking people. And it's common as, you know, from the beginning of time. And we see in this case, they're not, we're not putting in any controls in place that will prevent this from happening again. I promise you this will happen again. I'll be back on the air, and it'll be, it'll be a few years, but we'll talk about the next one, because this, be. this just follows the Madoff, the Enron, 
the uh, what was the 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 one with the blood lady? Oh um, yeah yeah yeah, that, uh, right. Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. At uh, I can't remember the name of that, but yeah, and. If it sounds too good to be true, I mean, that's one of the things we need to remember. It probably is. And I think that's always just a good common sense. If you go to from zero to billions, there, there should be questions there asked. There should be questions asked, that's for sure. Kurt Ger- Gerwitz, it's been so great to have you in studio. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kim. Yeah, and come to Liberty Toastmasters. You can well imagine the amazing uh, conversations that we have afterwards. So uh, our quote for the end of the show is from Confucius. He said, cultivate the root. And the leaves and branches will take care of themselves. I'm going to say, look at the root, <laughs> because uh, make sure that you have a good root there. If the leaves and branches look pretty darn good, got to make sure you've got a good root there as well. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Young, like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't serve.